Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Kiss Naturals. Want to keep your kids off the screen and getting into some creative stuff? Have them make 100% natural, made in Canada, lip balms, soaps, bath bombs, and lava lip gloss. Your kids are going to beam with pride when they have completed their DIY project. Only $24.95 each. Please visit kissnaturals.com and use the promo code KIDFUN for an extra 20% off. See the show notes for a direct link. Number 13. Exercise, eating right, and sleep makes me a better parent. And the bonus to that is so does hanging out with your friends. So this comes down to making yourself a priority. Don't forget that your exercise, how you eat, and your sleep really matters on how well you are parenting. And so many times we don't put ourselves first, we put ourselves last. And I'm not saying you have to put yourself first. If you have a priority list of five different things and your kids are number one, I just want you to be in the top five somewhere. They can still be number one, but your needs need to be up here somewhere. Otherwise, guess what? You're not being the best parent you can be. This was the number one lesson that I learned going through my marriage and divorce was to take time for myself because I was, I was a stay at home mom of young kids and giving everything I possibly could to the marriage and to my family. And I wasn't happy and come to find out it was because I wasn't taking care of myself, right? I wasn't giving myself that self-care time. So I think that that is absolutely crucial to be a good parent. And it doesn't have to be an exact, like spending all of your time out doing your things, but at least, you know, once a day or a few times a week, get out and take care of yourself and have some fun. Go laugh with friends. It'll make you a better parent. That go laugh with friends and go out and have fun to be a better parent, I know is really hard for a lot of parents to get their head around, but it's huge. I know it makes a big difference for me when I don't have this time to hang out with Melissa, not professionally on this podcast, but like socially, then my soul starts to wither away and I get more tired and I get more irritable with my own kids because I wasn't able to fill up my own tank. So don't forget about that social part of it. It's important. Number 14, role modeling is more important than you think. And this goes back to food, exercise, even hobbies that you have, how much you use your phone, how much you're on your computer, how you talk to people. Um, what kinds of things do you prioritize as a parent? How much are you sleeping? In the end, the bottom line here is what message are you sending to your child about what's a priority because you're role modeling it? And it's so much more important because kids don't really care what you say. They care about what you do. And so you could be saying, get some sleep, get some sleep, get some sleep. You need to turn your electronics off. But if you're not doing it yourself, you're not role modeling the right uh, message. Therefore, they're not going to listen to you. So don't forget the role modeling is way more important than you may realize. And even from a young age, those babies are watching us, right? All through growing up, they're watching us. 
and they can start to push against us a little bit as they get older, but they're still, but it's because they are paying so much attention to us. And we don't think that they are all the time, but they really are. That's how they learn. Now, number 15 is lead the charge with volunteer work instead of donations. Now, what I mean by this is that donations to charities are amazing and you definitely should do that as an adult. However, lead the charge with volunteer work, actually going out into the community, bringing your kids along with you and doing service for the community, whether um, it's, it could be anything, whether it's at home and you're delivering stuff only around the holiday season, maybe only during summer break, but whenever you do it, go in out of the house to do something. Um, what this does for your child is it actually helps alleviate some depression. It makes them a better person. It helps them realize empathy and it helps your child get into a better college. And in that one, is one that a lot of parents are surprised about. But colleges nowadays are really looking for your child to do service work in order to be accepted, especially with those Ivy League schools or any school that uh, is pretty competitive to get into. The volunteer work is usually that deciding factor of whether or not you're going to stand out or you're going to be taking the cut. And it gives them perspective for the greater world. Right. I remember I was 17 and I remember going to Honduras on a service trip with my aunt and uncle and it changed my world. Right. I was used to living up in the mountains, very white, very privileged area and going out to a really tiny village out in Honduras with no electricity or running water. It gave me so much perspective um, on other people, on different cultures and a whole lot of gratitude for my life. Number 16. Don't freak out. That's my advice to you. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you need to learn how to control your emotions as a parent. Not only is this role modeling, controlling of emotions, but making kids accountable when they make a mistake is really important. But when we freak out, a lot of times they feel like we're holding that mistake against them. So what ends up happening is now they're afraid to tell you that they messed up. And all of this stems from you freaking out because when they told you, you went berserk. This is really yes. difficult to do because when your child comes to you with, hey, mom, uh, I just wrecked the car, you want to freak out. You are going out of your mind with anger, fear, uh, like the whole rush of emotions. But this is where, as a parent, I'm telling you, learn to not freak out. Learn to take that breath, to step away, to take the time you might need before you address your child. Because when you freak out and you start yelling and screaming at them, well, put yourself in their shoes. <laughs> if somebody was yelling and screaming at you when you were making a mistake and admitting that mistake, would you want to tell that person again next time? Absolutely not. You wouldn't. You now become a place where it's not so safe to, to talk to that person because you're going to get a lecture or you're going to get screamed at. So learn to control your emotions. This is actually going to go a really long way. I completely agree. And it's another one that it's like start young, start when they're young and allowing that space for them to, hey, you know, mom, I spilled some milk. Okay. 
let it, let's go and clean it up. And it doesn't have to get emotional so that they learn that you're a safe place to come to. Cause yeah, when they're a teenager and they're at a party and they need a ride and they're not supposed to be around people that are drinking or whatever, you still want to be that safe place for them to call and say, Hey, I made a mistake. I shouldn't be here, but I need to get out of here. And so you want to be that for them. And just because you're not freaking out, remember, you're making your kids accountable for their actions with the consequences of whatever their action does, but you're just not going to hold it against them forever because everyone's going to make mistakes. Number 17, do what your child wants to do in order to bond with them, not what you want to do. All right. <laughs> this one's also tough for a lot of parents because they assume that their child uh, wants to go to the amusement park, wants to go to the park, wants to go to the zoo, wants to play that game with them. And they never ask the child, hey, do you want to go play this game? You want to go to the zoo? Instead, they say, hey, I got movie tickets tonight. We're going to go see the new blockbuster. All right. And they're excited, but the kid may not be excited. So this is a parenting mistake I see all the time. Make sure that you're doing what your child wants to do in order to bond with them, not what you want to do. So I also am going to recommend that you spend at least 15 minutes a day, one-on-one -on -one with each kid that you have. 15 minutes. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, especially if you have only one or two children. But once you get into the three, four, five more children, finding 15 minutes a day to be with only them, it could be a little bit more challenging. But I see a lot of parents do this right before bedtime, maybe that car ride in, you know, going to and from school, whatever that might look like in your day. But check in with each kid one-on-one, -on -one, no siblings allowed. And then when you're looking for that bonding time, again, go back to, what do you guys want to do this afternoon? And get their input. And again, this is an investment, right? Starting from an early age, it's investing this time in them and investing in your relationship with them so that you'll have that bond continuing on into adulthood. Number 18 is give your child as many choices as you can within the boundaries of your house rules. I crafted that really carefully because I say within the boundaries. A lot of times parents mistake giving their child a lot of choices with not having the boundaries. And that's not what I'm saying here. So as your child gets older, they need more choices. They're going to be craving them. They're going to be asking for them. And if you don't give them the choices, they are also going to start rebelling against you. But you want to give them choices because this allows your child to grow up, to make a choice and learn from it, whether that learning experience is good or bad. So let's take, for example, you have a toddler and your toddler is insisting that they tie their shoes, but you need to get out of the house, right? You got to get out of the house in 15 minutes. So you tell your toddler, we got to get out of the house in 15 minutes. You have 15 minutes to put on your shoes. Now you just set the boundary, but once your child can't put on their shoes. You may have to tie their shoes quickly, but now you got to get to the car. Now, because you've just taken away their choice by tying their shoes for them because they took way too long and you just need to get out of the house because that was your boundary, you need to give them a different choice. So 
how are you going to get to the car? Would you like to jump to the car and be kangaroos? Would you like to have me carry you to the car? Once we get into the car, would you like to pick your own music to listen to? See how when I took one choice away from my toddler, I gave them several others in replacement. And that's what I'm talking about here. Just because you give your child a boundary, you want to give your child also as many choices as you can within that boundary. Yeah. And that goes on up into with teenagers, right? With my, with my kiddos, it's like, okay, you guys need to take a shower. You can either choose to take it in the evening or you can take it in the morning before school, but you need to take a shower. Number 19, give your child chores and responsibilities around the house to earn their keep. I mean, this is just statistically proven to help kids. Look it up. There are statistics saying kids that have chores and responsibilities around the house end up being more responsible, end up being more successful, end up knowing how to contribute to the bigger organization. So do it. So, and I can see the result of this one because my oldest is 23 now and she had her chores to do every weekend. It wasn't very many, but staying on top of them, cleaning the cat box and her room and everything. And now she is one of the most responsible adults that I've ever met. And it all, and I do feel like a big piece of that is coming from, okay, yeah, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do, but we do them anyways, right? Just because that's what it is to be human. It is. There's so many things that we don't want to do that we just got to bear down and do it. And that's a lot of what chores does. Um, It teaches that reality in a safe space where you can still help your child learn that that lesson because it's not an easy one. Now, number 20 is make your child join an organized group of some kind until they find a group that they resonate with. And so this, it could be a sports team. It could be an after-school club. It could be a job. It could be a class out of the recreation center. But this is more than just friends hanging out. Have your child join an organized group with an adult sponsor or a team leader or a group objective. And this just helps kids learn how to work in teams. This is really important. They need a community outside of yourself, outside of your own family. And again, a little bit like a subcategory outside of school too. So not just their friend group, they need to go into an organization where they can learn how to deal with a different set of group of people and also with working toward a a common goal, a common cause. And I think this can be especially good if your kiddos have been with the same children all through school all through elementary school and middle school i know my kids go to a k through eight and it's the same kids so allowing them those opportunities to experience other kiddos and other experiences away from the same children that they've grown up with i think is good too because they can get really kind of stagnant of this is what this is who i'm with this is i know them i'm very comfortable here but it kind of pushes them out of their comfort zone having to go and be with other people And I highly encourage parents to implement this whenever their child is going into a new transition. So let's say from elementary school to middle school and middle school to high school and even high school into college. You want your child to start off that school year joining a group of some kind, a team, an academic group, something um, so that they can have that environment, that small group environment where not only are they learning how to interact with new people, 
but it's an automatic way to feel like you belong. And maybe they won't belong in that group, but then they try and they can change into a different group. And you keep trying until you can find a group that they really resonate with, but eventually they will resonate with the group. And now your child has a really special community outside of the home. And I think that's just really important. Number 21, encourage your child to have a relationship with another adult other than you and other than their other biological parent. So it's okay if this is a step-parent, a coach, a teacher, a grandparent, but your child needs some other adult in their life that both you and your child can really trust. This just gives them another role model, another place to go and maybe talk to somebody or get advice from when you're not around or maybe when they just don't feel comfortable coming to you for any particular reason. Anytime you can get somebody really great in your child's life that's an adult that could be a role model for them, do it. And especially if you have a relationship with them also, that you can go and talk with them and say, hey, would you mind mentioning something? Because sometimes if our kiddos are only hearing advice or whatever from us, we think we've already talked about that. They kind of tune us out. But if they're hearing it, the same message from someone else, it gets reinforced. And I think that that can be really beneficial, especially in teenagers. Now, number 22, this is about rules. When it comes to rules, you need to be consistent, predictable, and really hold your line. This means no bluffing. Make sure your child knows the consequences of their actions like specific action items that are going to happen to them when they get into trouble. You don't want them just to think, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but they don't know what trouble is. What, what does trouble mean to them? If they don't have an answer to what trouble means, then basically they don't care. They don't have that frontal lobe fully developed to think about some of the consequences that might happen. So we got to spell it out for our teenagers specifically and say, if you are late coming home and you miss your curfew, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And this might happen also. Those three things are going to happen when you're late. Not, I'm just going to get in trouble. Maybe they're going to lose their car. Maybe they're not going to have a privilege the next day. Maybe they're going to be losing some sleep too. You want to put all of those into play and make sure you talk to your child about it so that they know. And the reason for this is that when your child knows exactly what the consequence is, they're much more likely to make a good choice. When they think they're just going to get in trouble, well, frankly, they're willing to risk it. So this reminds me of when I was teaching preschool and I would see these parents struggle with their kiddos at pickup time. They would give them a time to say, okay, you have five more minutes to play on the playground and the parents needed to go. But then the parents would get stuck in a conversation, right? With another adult or another teacher there. And so those five minutes would come and go and nothing would happen. And then the, then the parent would come back. Okay, no, actually kiddo, it is time to go. And so the time just get keeps getting pushed off and off and off. And you do that enough times, the kids at preschool age, they don't have that concept of time as strong, but they know that you don't mean it. 
right? If it's, oh yeah, we're going to leave it just a couple minutes. And if you don't, they will pick up on that. And so the next time when you actually do really need to get going, they're not going to take you seriously. So it's super hard, again, to be super consistent with those rules and those boundaries, but that's what it takes so that the next time they know what those consequences are if we don't get in the car right away when I say it the first time. Number 23 is pick your battles. You absolutely cannot fight everything that comes your way. So pick your battles with your kids, especially as your child gets older. There's going to be things that they do that are going to drive you insane. For example, my son is in middle school and middle school boys do not wear pants. I live in Colorado. It's freezing all winter long, but my son still just insists on wearing shorts to school. I've learned to pick my battles with this. I'd rather pick on him about cleaning up his room or doing something else that's a little bit more important to me. And I don't want to seem like I'm nagging all the time. Then that's when your kid is going to start to tune out to you. So if you start to see that your child's tuning out, take a step back, rewind and think, hmm, are you really picking your battles? Yes. And that, and battles like that one, with your son not wearing pants, there are natural consequences to that that you can just let it play out, right? If he's going to be cold or if he slips and falls or anything like that. that, those are natural consequences and you don't need to be in charge of them. It's hard to let go sometimes. Number 24, what you feed your child matters. And this seems like it's a no brainer, but there are too many households out there with a lot of different chips and processed foods and uh, boxed meals, even TV dinners in their freezer. And what you want to do is make sure that you're really, really conscious about the kind of food that's in your house and that it's healthy and easily accessible because food matters. It affects their mood, it affects your child's temperament, and it affects their health. This one is super hard too, especially for those of us that didn't have good, healthy eating role models for us, right? If it was just, oh yeah, you just get whatever fast food on the way home from school kind of thing. It can be a really hard habit for us to establish into our household, but it is really important. And our last one, Melissa, whew, finally, <laughs> last one, <laughs> number 25, you have given life to your child, but is not your life to live. And I save this one for last because that is one of the most difficult parenting lessons that I've had to learn yet. Just because we had this kid doesn't mean that we can control everything. We can't. There's no way. It is their life to live. In the end, they have to make their own choices. They have to find their own way. They have to make their own path. And you have to let them succeed and fail on their own. And us as parents, we're here just to support all of that, to give them the resources and tools and coping mechanisms that they need to make the best choices, to, to help them as best as we can. But in the end, it's not up to us because it's not our life to live. Mm -hmm. So, so difficult to let go. It is, but I can tell you from being a therapist and working with adults on this end of things, it's crucial to be loving and accepting 
and allowing for your child to be who they are with their own interests and their own personality and to not try and force them into being something that they're not because then they end up in my office. So Melissa, I just gave you 25. That's a ton of different things that um, I live by, like literally as a parenting coach and as a mom of four out of the 25 which one of those did you feel maybe resonated with you the most? Mm, that's a really good question. The picking your battles one is one that I feel like is really relatable right now with where I am with my kids. Um, just with them both being in middle school and almost transitioning to high school, there's a lot going on right now. And I do feel like I am having to pick my battles of what and prioritizing, right? Of what's most important, where is my attention need to be right now? And it might not need to be about what socks are left on the floor, right? It could be more about school. It should be more about school right now. Do you think that there's one in particular that's really difficult? The hardest one for me to learn was definitely the self-care one. That took years for me to figure out, oh, I actually need to take care of myself before I'm, you know, so that I can be a better parent. And I think that that, uh, yeah, I had to learn a very hard lesson around that. That's probably the most challenging one. And also the letting them be who they are and letting them make their decisions, even if they might mess up. It's super scary when we can see it happening. Like if we know, hey, if you do this, then that's going to happen. And it might not feel good, but it's important to when it is safe enough, right? We're not talking about being dangerous on the road or anything like that. But when it's like around their friends or something of we can see that there's consequences that might not feel very good for them, but to let it play out because it's their life and it's ultimately their choice, then I feel like that's a really tough one to get to. But once you get once you try that a few times, I feel like it does get easier. <laughs> And do you think that there's one that's the most difficult for parents to really internalize and, and implement? So I would say that the most challenging one, especially this, always, this isn't always the case, but especially for those trying to co-parent with a parent that might be um, kind of like been a little vindictive or super or not super positive, right? If you're having to go, if your kiddos are going back and forth in between, your, your household with your rules and then having to go to another household with different rules, that consistency can be really, really hard to keep up with because the kids get, they know, but they don't like it. So they might be able to get away with more stuff at one parent's house. And again, especially if they're, if it's not um, a really amicable situation, they could be seen as like the good parent because they're not making you, they're not making their kiddos have to work so hard and do chores and staying consistent. But then they come over to your house and they do have, they are expected to take care of their house, their room and um, take a shower and all that stuff. So that consistency can be even more challenging for parents in a co-parenting situation, especially if it's not a positive one. But that's when it's even more important to be consistent, just to stay on top of it, to have your rules very clearly outlined and the consequences for not following them and to be as consistent as possible. Because that's like we've talked about, that's where they feel the safest is when they know what to expect. If I do this, then this is going to happen but it's probably one of the hardest ones to implement. I think when you're talking about co-parenting situations in general, it makes all of these pretty difficult or more difficult than a single family 
And mm -hmm. um, to couple on that, um, the not giving up on your kids sometimes can be really difficult when that co-parenting environment too, when you, in the situation that you're talking about, where you have a parent that may be bad mouthing uh, you on the other side, and there's nothing that you can do about that. Um, and then you, every time the kids come to you, you're trying to negate all of that and and show your kids that what they're saying over there is not correct. And that just becomes exhausting and tiring and um, to not, but not to give up the good fight to stay consistent in your rules and your expectations and how you run things. And in the end, things will reveal itself, but getting through all of that muck, oh, it's such a long haul. And we're talking about years, most of the time of you sometimes eating shit. So mm -hmm. for the betterment of the big picture of what things are going to look like in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard to keep that goal in mind, but that's what's most important is how, what kind of adults am I launching out into the world and what do I need to be doing now in order to get there? Thank you for joining us today. Remember that this episode is just a small part of the Impactful Parent. Also available are online courses, parent support groups, coaching services, and the Impactful Parent app. To find out more, go to theimpactfulparent.com. To find out more about Melissa's coaching and therapy services for all ages, go to fireandrainscoaching.com. To become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free to download and full of resources so that you can carry them right in your pocket for whenever you need it the most. Download the app today. It's free. You can find it at theimpactfulparent.com or by going to your phone's app store and downloading it from your app store. Thank you so much for being here. But until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Kiss Naturals. Want to keep your kids off the screen and getting into some creative stuff? Have them make 100% natural, made in Canada, lip balms, soaps, bath bombs, and lava lip gloss. Your kids are going to beam with pride when they have completed their DIY project. Only $24.95 each. Please visit kissnaturals.com and use the promo code KIDFUN for an extra 20% off. See the show notes for a direct link. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.